Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. This is Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, here we go. The the time-honored tradition of fake trades is upon us. It's time to do some fake trades. And I have brought in, I can honestly say this, two guys who are maybe the best at fake trades that I've ever come across. That's Pat. Say hi, Pat. How's everybody doing? Oh, my goodness. And Gordo. Hello, hello. All right. So... It is the who says no, guys. Who says no to these trades? It is that time where people have to get excited. I don't care if the trade deadline's a month and a half away. I think I did the math. It's 50 days away now. I don't care. People like fake trades. People are desperate. They want to figure out how to fix their team or get rid of players. or ident- Really, guys, it's about identifying how good you are. That's that's what these things are, right? This is You identify, are you good or aren't you, right? Correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah, no, that's what that's what this time of the year is all about. It's the second two months. All right. So, Pat, you have two. Gordo, you have one. Correct. Correct. All right. We're yep, gonna yep. do. We're gonna do. Pat, Gordo, Pat. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. First one. Go ahead, Pat. All right. I'll start with the. We'll save the the big one for the end. We'll end on a high note. First one is mm. the Philadelphia Phillies receive starting pitcher Jack Flaherty. St. Louis Cardinals received number eight prospect, Alex McFarlane, coincidence, starting pitcher, <laughs> and number 12 prospect, a Marion Bird outfield. Ooh. Ooh. So, first of all, the first thing that jumps to mind, Cardinals sellers, huh? They're rough. The Cardinals are right. not in a good – I am willing to go out and say that I don't think Ollie Marmel even – Makes it to the trade deadline. Oh wow! I I don't think so. They're the Cardinals are that bad right now. 
Okay, so if they're giving up Flaherty, what's tell me his contract status? He's a free agent at the end of the year. Okay, he's a rental. All right, he's a rental. Um, obviously a very good, a very good baseball player. Gordo, when what's healthy, what? Yes, what, when healthy, yes. Gordo, what's your thoughts on this? Well, I've notoriously, at least amongst my friends, have always been a huge Jack Flaherty guy. So I love, I love the guy. He's not necessarily somebody I think is going to put it all together before the end of the year, but that might just be what the Phillies need because they kind of need to take a shot at a guy who, if he does put it together is all that. And we all know we've seen it when he puts it together. He is all that. Just, uh, oh my God. Everybody. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't it's think fun. anyone, I don't think you even had to say that. I think that everyone knew that you were a Jack Flaherty guy, like without yeah. even like everybody knows that about you, Gordo, everybody him up here in the country. Right? The what? I've definitely brought, uh, at least on the Bradfoe show, I've definitely brought up Jack Flaherty at least once. May, I, he, I may have brought him up twice. As a do, you have a Flaher, do you have a Flaherty jersey? I don't have a jersey. I have okay. I have rostered him on my fantasy team, I believe, each of the last <laughs> four or five seasons. Okay, if they make this exact trade, I'm going to buy you a Jack Flaherty jersey. A Philadelphia Phillies Jack Flaherty Ooh. jersey. The new one, on, the, on day one. Day one. Day one. Day the one, baby blue, the baby powder blue Philadelphia. The, the oh, the, it's yours, Gordo. Uh, and so, that. Pat, tell me about the prospects. What are you giving up? So, number eight prospect in the system, Alex McFarland, who is, I believe, twenty three, and the number twelve prospect, a Marion Bird, which sounds like a lot for a half season rental for a starting pitcher with a so over four ERA, but. The Phillies do have one of the worst farm systems in baseball outside of McGable and uh, Andrew Painter. And then they also have two-fifths of a good rotation. So I think from their perspective, they give up maybe two top 15 guys in a weak system for, like Gordo said, a guy who could figure it out and just absolutely dominate. Where on the Cardinals side, you're getting a starting pitcher and then a younger outfielder. I I don't know how the Cardinals buy or stand bad. I think they sell. And I think on a guy like Flaherty, who's an over four, and I would be shocked if they tried to bring him back instead of upgrade him at that position. I think they take whatever they can get. And two top 15 guys from a middle to bad prospect pool is probably the best they're going to get, I would assume. My first inclination is that I feel like as bad as Flaherty may have been relatively – then they might be able to get more than what you're talking about. They might. Gordo, what do you think? You know, it's tough because we see some of these guys, some of these rentals go for next to nothing. So a couple top top 12 prospects, it really depends on the market. It depends on how he performs going up to the deadline. You know, if he's pitched well of late, if he keeps that up, he'll he'll get more. But if he if he has a couple of those four or five walk outings that he's definitely prone to, then I I could see it. I could see a couple of top 15 guys getting them. Well, and what Dombrowski does a really good job of is identifying guys that isn't going to hurt them. I mean, he just does. can say that he had his weak farm system, but it doesn't matter. He's gotten guys throughout his tenure, throughout his, his career. He's gotten guys, very valuable guys that have helped and for guys that just have never been made an impact. I mean, if you want to say Santiago Espinal, for Steve Pierce, fine. 
But Santiago Espinal, even his ceiling, this is his ceiling. What we're seeing is Santiago Espinal's ceiling. Is that really going to hurt? Is that going to hurt a team? No. So imagine Santiago Espinal on the Red Sox today and tell me what that does for them. Yeah, it would be Pablo Reyes. There you exactly. go. Exactly. So there you go. All right. Good one. I like that. Nothing else. I uh, I have the image of a, a, a powder blue Jack Flaherty jersey in Gordo's closet. So there you go. All right. Congratulations, Gordo, maybe, if you get a Jack Flaherty jersey. Um, all right, Gordo, here you go. Your turn. Your time to shine. All right. So today we are we are fixing the New York Mets offense. We're going to change it all up. And we're gonna we're gonna start the reset. I don't want to say rebuild. I'm gonna say reset of the Chicago White Sox. All right. <laughs> well, first of all, first of all, I love the fact this trade already. I love because it has two teams that you that you have no idea which way they're gonna go in terms of trading guys. Sort of right. You can't definitively say either way. I love that you think the Mets are going to be biased because Cohen and everything else. Anyway, I don't want to interrupt your flow, but I just love where you're going with this. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I feel like the Mets, like it doesn't even really matter what their record is. Like they're not, they're not going to sell. But the White Sox, you really like, they're a mystery. But I'm, I'm selling for the White Sox. We're doing that today. Okay. So we're sending to the Mets. We're sending. Luis Robert and Tim Anderson. Luis Robert in his four and a half years of team control. And Tim Anderson, an expiring shortstop. And we're getting back to Chicago. Brett Beatty, top prospect, Kevin Parada, and Mark Vientos, recent call. Oh, I love this trade. I love it. Yeah, the Mets offense, 18th in baseball and OPS, 16th in runs scored. And I feel like they're learning... You know, as a team, they're trying to straddle that line. It, it's not as obvious because they've shelled out so many big contracts, but they are trying to straddle that line between paying big money and making that World Series push while also developing kids because they're trying to give regular playing time to a Francisco Alvarez and a Brett Beatty, and they're trying to get Vientos in there as often as they can. And certainly with the injuries they've had, they've needed to. He, he played first base today. Um, but I think they're learning that development isn't linear, and, and it's tough. It's tough to straddle that line. So if you want to go for it, you got to go for it. You're going to get a couple of inconsistent rookies out of that lineup. Tim Anderson is going to learn third base. And Luis Robert is going to be a staple in that lineup. He's cost controlled for the next four and a half years. You know, they've had some inconsistent production in the corner outfield spots. Like, yes, they paid Mark Canna, but it's Steve Cohen. He can sit. It doesn't matter. And then from the White Sox perspective, I think they're a lot. They're at least they're a year and a half overdue for a reset they have to look themselves in the mirror and and ask themselves where are we and and where are we going if we just keep riding this the way it's been they have to get something for tim anderson like you have some time on Luis robert if you want to go that way personally i thought i think he's played really well this season and i wouldn't be against selling high on him but tim anderson is someone they have to they have to trade i i don't care that they're playing well i don't care that they play in the al central this is not a team that's making a run on the World Series. So you have to get something for Tim Anderson while you can. And and this way, and, and I said before, it's not it's not a rebuild, it's a reset. You're getting two two kids in Brett Beatty and Mark Vientos who are major league ready guys right now. And then Kevin Parada can be your catcher of the future because Grandel, I believe, is on an expiring contract. So you've got a guy who drafted first round last year, but he's drafted out of college. He's rising up the prospect ranks, MLB.com, MLB. 
Three Pipeline has Parada as their 26th overall prospect, the number one prospect in the Mets organization right now. You know, it's it's time. But the White Sox, they have so many. They've It feels like they have infinite talented players, but just no identity. And it feels like if you if you just sell each of them off for parts, you could actually build a system with this. But you you, you got to be decisive. You have to go now because the longer you wait, the more value comes off these guys and the less you can get for them. So it's time. Chicago White Sox, time to sell. Pat, before I go, what do you got on this one? I was going to say I like the fit because I think the Mets have a very old team. I think Marte is – Marte has got to be 34 by now. Marcana is a little bit older. I, uh, if Escobar still plays out there, Escobar, there it's an aging outfield, and all of them have pretty much underproduced, especially this year. I would Marte was good last year. He's having a rough go this year. So Louis Robert in that lineup with Pete Alonso, Francisco Lindor, and all those guys, that's incredible. And I also think that Tim Anderson, whether you put him at second and Jeff McNeil at third, or you teach Tim third and Jeff McNeil at second, whatever, I think that's another move that makes sense. I think from the white spot Sox perspective, when Louis Robert is healthy, he's a top 10, 15 outfielder in baseball in four and a half years of control. If I'm Chicago, I'm asking for either like Alex Ramirez, the outfield prospect, or I'm also at, or I'm asking for um, Ronnie Mauricio. Mauricio, Mauricio, one of those two. So at least that way you get three ninths of a starting lineup and then whatever else. Because Vientos is a little bit older too, if I'm not mistaken. I think Vientos is already 25 or 26. But Prada is super young. Brett Beatty's younger than Vientos and also I'm be ready. And then Alex Ramirez is, uh, or Alex Ramirez is a little bit younger right, than um, Beatty, I believe. But I think a package, if you add in uh, Mauricio or Ramirez, I think that's a package that works both ways. And I see the fit both sides as well. And I agree. I think Chicago has to like, look hard in the mirror. The farm system's really bad. And the major league roster is also really bad. And I think if you blow it up, you do it now when you have a guy like even Eloy or Louis Robert. You cash in now with a couple of years left on their contracts. You just get whatever you can to kickstart the rebuild. All right. First off, I've been watching the Tour de France documentary. So as much as I want to say his name is Louis Robert, I like the fact that you call him Louis Robert. (laughs) Because... Accent ego. So, whatever his name is, whoever he is, I know this. What is it? Do we actually know? Like, because it's at Robert. The, at the WBC, they they were pronouncing it Robert, but I'm pretty sure on the broadcast they call him Robert. Yeah, I was on either way. I I was always I under the impression it. it was Robert, Luis Robert, but 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 I trust Pat. I trust him with my life, so it's Luis Robert. Robert. Um, so. I will say this. First of all, did you see the ball with that no hitter the other day that he just let drop at his feet? Yeah. He has a few of those moments. I mean, I have never seen a guy try less to not to save a no hitter in my life. But he's a good player. He's a good player. I'm gonna say this, Gordo. I've heard a lot of your fake trades. I think this may be your best one yet. I think this might be your best one yet. Really. It's 
because I think it's exactly what each team needs. It's exactly what each team needs. Absolutely. And you're right about the White Sox. They need to have an enema on that roster. And it starts with those guys. And it's much, and it's painful because they're talented guys, Tim Anderson and the ex, the guy with the accent they go, you know, so, you know, it's, it's painful that you have to get rid of those guys. But Beatty's is such a good player. Viontis has so much potential. He should be playing more for the Mets. You know, you get to, like you said, you get a, a legit catcher of the future. going to have to find one of those. Emo Zavala, like, hit a 301-foot home run the other night. And so I, I just I, I just love this trade because it scratches right where the Mets itch, and it's exactly what the White Sox need. I just think it's really well done, really well constructed. Thank you, Rob. Congratulations. I, just, I feel like with the Mets, with, just, with these free agent signs, what they're learning, what they've tried to do is is build up that farm system while still supplementing and just throwing money at guys. But it's just it's so hard to pay guys and expect to get that production that that got them to their free agent years. It's it you're gonna have to at some point if you want to get guys in their prime years, you're gonna have to trade. It's, you're gonna have to do it, and I I do think it starts with Parada just because you you're gonna have to pick one of him or Alvarez, and Alvarez has played so well. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's another part of this, right? They have a position that's filled by a young player. I don't think there's any yeah. question. By the way, I'm, I, you can tell I'm stalling for time as I'm looking up our guy's uh, pronunciation on, on baseball reference. You, 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 what, is, what does BRF say? Uh, Robert. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Do they pronounce the, the, the two the two if 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 my English is correct, which is there's no guarantee of that, the two lines R O B E R T. With the two lines, you know what I'm talking about? The backslashes. Backslashes. <laughs> the backslashes. Robert. But I like Robert better. It rolls off the tongue a real bit. It does. From from now on in, where that's what we're calling them. When he's with the Mets. I tell you what, Pat, that trade goes down. I'm buying you a Luis Robert jersey, Mets jersey, with an axe and a goo somewhere in there. Oh, All right. Yeah. Customized with the slashes. Customized with the slashes. All right. <laughs> uh, Phonetically um, spelt on the back. <laughs> low, lowercase. Um, all right. I like it. I like it. They aren't going to want to give up uh, our good friend Luis, but um, but they have to. I mean, I just I think they have to, and that's the problem is is that the only here's the only problem with that trade is that they're not getting production, the type of production that he's giving from really anybody else, other than maybe Jake Berger, you know. So it's that's the problem. Benintendi hasn't hit a home run yet, right? Correct. Yeah, he's no, still there. He hasn't. Zero. Yeah, so uh, you're going to have to start finding. And Aloy is a good player, but he's hurt, and and you know, so you're going to have to find some some bats there. Um, and he's the, your best bat right now. But Beatty's a good bat. Vientos is a good bat. I just like the trade. I like it a lot. So good job, excellent job. All right, Pat, you get the last one. You said you wanted to finish on a with a punctuation. Let's go. Yeah, everybody's favorite team at the trade deadline who definitely doesn't get everybody they want. 
the Dodgers get. <laughs> Marcus Stroman. Oh! And Mark Leiter Jr. The Cubs get number five prospect, who's in the MLB right now, I believe. Ryan Pepio, right-handed pitcher. Number seven prospect, Dalton Rushing, catcher. Number 17 infielder, Jorbit Beavis. Wow. The thought process here is yeah. the Dodgers. I ne- I looked up because I was curious. It was like the Dodgers, you got to get somebody. So I looked up the depth chart. I couldn't tell you. I, I can't count on two hands how many guys they have on the IL right now. Syndergaard has the phantom injury because of the not so great performance. Julio Urias, Dustin May, half the bullpen. Everybody's hurt. They're trotting out openers like Tampa every couple of days. They get who's arguably been a top five pitch in the NL yep. this season. Who has a player option for next year on a front-loaded contract. He's making 25 this year. He made 25 last year. He has 21 next year. He's surely going to opt out of that. So they get Marcus Stroman. They get Mark Leiter, who's a useful bullpen arm. We've seen it a million times, especially with Tampa. And well, yeah, I was going to say, he's going to become more than useful when he goes to the Dodgers. Yeah, you, you see it every year. They get another bullpen arm. You can never be deep enough in the bullpen for October baseball. And then on the flip side, the Cubs, who are, I don't know if I would call them underperforming, but on paper this year, people thought they're a little bit of an interesting team. You had Bellinger, you had Swanson, you had big man Eric Hosmer, you had all those guys. <laughs> so they're underperforming. They have an expiring contract on who's who should most likely be the best pitcher moved at the deadline this year, barring Shohei gets moved, which I doubt. So they move Stroman and a reliever that, honestly, they're not going to need for the second half of the season. They get Pepiot, who's been a top 10 Dodgers prospect in the last three, four years, stud. He's not Bobby Miller level, but he's right under him. He's that good. Dalton Rushing, they have uh, Diego Cartaya is the number one prospect for them right now. Start or catching prospect. Dalton Rushing being a top 10 guy who also plays catcher. We saw it when they moved, made the move for Scherzer and Trey Turner a couple years ago. They moved Kybert Ruiz because they had Cartaya. Same thing here. They have a plethora of catchers. They have Will Smith at the major league level. I mean, they're just loaded with catching. <laughs> so they moved Dalton Rushing, who's a top 10 guy. And then Jorbit Vivas is a younger infielder, top 20 guy. Who knows? Maybe he's the Santiago Espinal. Um, this trade, uh, Gordo. Before I can, before I comment, what do you got? Well, I my my level of disappointment stems from you not including Cody Bellinger going back to the Dodgers. If you're going to have <laughs> these two teams, like, <laughs> trade. but no, an interesting. Here's an. I want to I want to bring it back to something that that I heard last year. And you guys remember, like the Giants were they were kind of straddling that line, kind of like the Red Sox were, where it's like, what do we even do? And then they did nothing. And they didn't trade Carlos Rodon. And I, I read somewhere that it, that teams were afraid to pick up Carlos Rodon because he had that player option for the next year. And it sort of was acting like a booby trap. Like if, if, if he pitches well, he's gone. Or, but if he gets hurt, like there's a 20, whatever, whatever he had, like a $20 million booby trap. He's just going to pick that option up and then he's going to be stuck on your IL. You're going to be paying him 20 mil. So I wonder if something like that. Could could plague the Cubs with Strowman. I do think including Leiter Jr. here 
kind of alleviate some of that because you're you're getting value there even if Stroman goes down like you're getting value somewhere else and you know the Dodgers have had a couple of guys in their bullpen not pitched to the level that they did last year and they've also had injuries like you know Daniel Hudson still hasn't come back pretty sure Blake Trinan isn't coming back this year Trinan still hurt yeah yeah so yeah no I I really like the fit I mean the starting pitch the starting pitching is needed like like you said their injured list is oh my god well, the the good thing about this trade, first and foremost, is that when we surface this podcast and we tag Marcus Stroman, there's a 75% chance he's going to respond, and then there's a 100% chance it actually blows up on Twitter. So, excellent job, Pat, because this is this, this is the this is the road where we get noticed. Thank I did it today. I did it today on the Baseballs and Boring account. All I did was say, hey, Marcus Stroman's dealing. What kind of deal would you give him? Marcus Stroman likes it. Boom. There you go. Yeah. Because- Two things about Stroman, actually. First off, he blocks me on Twitter. Oh, really? I, the only thing I ever tweeted about him, when he was a free agent, I said I didn't think he would be a good fit with the Red Sox because he's a ground ball guy and we didn't have a good infield defense. That's all I ever said. So <laughs> he blocked me on Twitter for that. But second off, did you guys see his tweets today about uh, the contract? I think he said, yeah, he approached. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, that he approached them. And then I think Patrick Mooney of The Athletic asked him about it. And he just reiterated, he's like, we've been trying to get a deal done with the Cubs. The Cubs have shown no interest, which is like how most teams do it, right? They don't, if they don't have to do it, they don't do it. And especially when you're talking about they don't want to tie themselves into anything if they think there's a possibility they're going to be traded. And clearly now that he's on this podcast, it's in the conversation. And by the way, I will say this. I'm looking at the camera, Marcus Stroman. You should feel good about this. We are complimenting you, Marcus. We are saying that look at this haul that you're going to get the Cubs. That's how good you are because, by the way, He's really good this year. He's insanely good. Crazy good. I just called him, him a top five pitcher in the NL. This top year. five I pitcher mean, in the NL. I don't know how much more complimentary you can get. I, right? I know, exactly. So, and yeah, so it's the Cubs are, are super disappointing for me. I hit on some teams. I hit on the Diamondbacks and I hit on the Rangers. I did not hit on the Cubs. I thought the Cubs would be better. So, yeah. Oh, well. But I. <laughs> I know, Pat, I'm going to say it. I've heard a lot of fake trade from you. That might be your best one. Like both of you, I think you peaked today. It's going to be a challenge next time. We have a national audience, there. Rob. We got to bring the A <laughs> bring it. Hello, Chicago. Let me introduce myself. I'm Hello, Pat Brown. Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all right, guys. Uh, well, we'll we'll surface the crap out of this. Get the conversation going, and maybe uh, you know what? If uh, if you hit on any of them, then you get a, a massive prize. I mean, have we? Uh, that's the thing. A great thing about this, and you guys. And I'm not just saying this. You guys are so good at this. You guys are so so good at this. And if I'm a GM, I'm literally like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's almost like. They don't do it because they don't want to be proven like, oh, that was I saw that on the podcast. They should. Well, that was Gordo's idea. <laughs> right, exactly. Like they don't want to say, oh, we ripped that off of Gordo. We ripped this off of Pat. No, they don't want to do that. But they should because all of these are legit. There you go. 
All right. Excellent job, fellas. Marcus Stroman unblocked me today.